Good evening. Today, we celebrate the solemnity of the most holy and precious body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Corpus Christi. In our reading of St. Paul to the Corinthians, in Corinth, it was a custom of the church to imitate the occurrences that happened at the Last Supper when our Lord had his last meal on this earth and instituted the Holy Eucharist. The people of Corinth knew that in the consecration of the bread and wine, in the mass as it was later called, we're repeating in an unbloody manner, but a true manner, the selvic action of Jesus Christ in his death and his resurrection. Here, St. Paul passes on the knowledge and wisdom that he has of the great gift of love and unity in transubstantiation or transformation or change, which Christ gave to his apostles when he said, do this in memory of me. With these words and by this verbiage and his authority, he passed down to all ordained Catholic priests and their successors the power and the authority of changing ordinary bread and wine into his most precious body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. Christ commanded us to eat his body and drink his blood, which the consecrated bread is, and it has within itself the total Christ in his body and blood. But if we fail this commandment, we will not have eternal life within us. If we do partake of the Holy Eucharist worthily, without no serious sin on our soul, we will have eternal life. And we will be raised up on the last day. This is our Christian faith. This is what we believe by giving us his precious and holy gift. Christ gave us a key to a lock which opens the gates of the kingdom of heaven for us. However, if we receive that most precious body and blood in a state of mortal sin, it is a great sacrilege against the Holy Eucharist which must, must be resolved through the sacrament of reconciliation. This reenactment of Christ's death, the holy sacrifice of the mass, must be continued until he returns on the last day. It is truly the central act of our Catholic Christian worship and the sword and summit of our Catholic Christian faith. Today, we would hear the gospel of feeding the multitude, which is only contained in four gospels. It's the only scripture passage that is represented and contained in the four 
Gospels. Upon crossing the Sea of Galilee, Jesus met a vast crowd. Jesus had been preaching and teaching for months on end, and he was tired and needed a little solitude to rest and recover. But the crowd followed him and was waiting him on the shore when he disembarked. Because at this particular place where Jesus landed, the lake was only four miles across. But if you went around the top of the lake or the Sea of Galilee, it was only about 10 miles. And an energetic person could easily walk through the top of the Sea of Galilee and be on the other side to meet Jesus when he came with his disciples. Because in a boat, they had to fight and venture against the sea. The wind and the waves were sometimes treacherous on the Sea of Galilee. Because of the low mountains in the past, the way the wind passed down through the sea, it would create great waves and wind and storms, and they were treacherous. And we, many of us, know what it's like to be on a sea when the wind and rain comes up and the waves go over the bow of the boat and we're scared out of our life. That's when we call on Jesus, as the disciples did in another story. An ordinary person would have been intensely annoyed and resentful at this that the people were there waiting for him. But Jesus had great love and compassion and denied himself the rest that he desired. He wanted to teach the people because, as he remarked in other scripture, they were like sheep without a shepherd. His heart was moved for pity to them. And he unselfishly continued to cure the sick, the lame, the lepers, the hearing impaired, the blind, and all other illnesses and abnormalities. Not thinking about himself, but thinking about the people. Late in the evening, people were hungry and needed nourishment. Jesus' disciples said, dismiss the crowds so they can go to the surrounding farms and villages so that they can find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place. In essence, they were saying, these people are tired and hungry. Send them away so someone else can take care of their needs. But Jesus said, give them something yourselves. In essence, Jesus was saying, these people are hungry, and we need to feed them. Jesus was teaching his disciples initiative and leadership. But as his disciples looked around, he only saw a boy who had five loaves of barley and two small fishes. And when I say small fishes, I mean like sardines, very small fishes. Jesus told his disciples to have the people recline. Now there was much green grass there that the people could rely recline on. And after he said the blessing, he multiplied the loaves and fish. And as stated in other gospels, it fed 5,000 men. But this number did not include the women and children. In St. Jerome's concordance, the amount of people that were fed was more like 20,000, and yet there were still 12 baskets of fragments left over. 
Some Bible scholars say that the 12 baskets left over could have represented the 12 tribes of Israel under the 12 disciples. Other scholars said it could be an overshadowing of the Eucharistic meal which would be given to them only about one year later. It should not surprise us that Christ in his love and mercy not only found a way to miraculously feed 5,000 men, but also to leave us himself in the Holy Eucharist, which nourishes and strengthens us, his faithful followers, as we journey on our way to our heavenly home. We, in likened to Christ, must have love and compassion both spiritual and temporal, those needs of our less fortunate brothers and sisters. There are those who are fully aware that their brothers and sisters are in need, but put off that responsibility of helping them on someone else, as Jesus' disciples wanted to. There are also other people who see their brother or sister in need and feel compelled to do something about it themselves, just like Jesus did. Jesus always gave unselfishly of himself and watched over the welfare of the people. As faithful followers and good Christians, we too have a Christian duty and obligation to watch over the welfare of our needy brothers and sisters in Christ. Therefore, prayerfully reflect on this morning's evening's gospel. And the next time you see a person begging for food or help, ask yourself, what would Jesus do in this situation? What action can I take that will reflect the love, the compassion, and the mercy Christ showed to all his children. In the dismissal after the final blessing, we are instructed to go in peace, glorifying the Lord by our life. Here we are told to go out and share our Catholic Christian love and faith, and also the abundant blessings that we have been given with our less fortunate brothers and sisters in Christ. Remember Christ's words. Christ spoke these words himself. What you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. Amen.